Good morning. Welcome to With God at Dawn. We have been going over the prophecies of Daniel. We began with the statue which showed the nations of the universal nations of the earth from the beginning to the end. An angel is going to come to Daniel and give him the same nations with different descriptions. And we're going to go over those today in the second chapter of Daniel. Let's begin with prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for the explanations that help us to understand things. I pray for those who are here with me today that this will be a blessing. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so in this line of prophecy, the character of the kingdoms is represented under the symbols of different beasts. Daniel 7, verse 2. Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of the heavens strove upon the great sea. So striving winds and turbulent sea. As we know from Bible study, the seas and waters are kindreds, nations, tongues, and peoples. So that's populations. And the wind is strife and commotion, maybe war, that sort of thing. And how the nations fought amongst each other to gain the supremacy. So let's go to Daniel 11, verse 40. And at the time of the end, shall the king of the south push at him, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind with chariots, with horsemen, and with many ships. And he shall enter into the countries and shall overflow and pass over. Now let's read Zechariah chapter 7 verse 14. But I scattered them with a whirlwind among all the nations whom they knew not. Thus the land was desolate after them that no man passed through nor returned, for they laid the pleasant land desolate. So winds denote war. See, we just read that God scattered them with a whirlwind. And the first one was... Okay, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind. So winds like that, they represent war. Let's read Revelation 17, 15. I have a tendency to put words together to create a new word. <laughs> uh, Revelation 17, 15. And he saith unto me, The waters which thou sawest, where the horse sitteth, are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. Waters denote multitudes and nations. Turn with me back to Daniel 7, verse 3. We're going to get some interpretation, interpret some words so that we can understand what we're reading. Daniel 7, 3. And four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. So beasts that are diverse one from another. Beasts are diverse. All right. Yes, they are. Daniel 7, 4. Babylon represented by a lion. Remember, Babylon was the head of gold. And now it's represented as a lion. And when you look back in archaeology, the pictures you will see that Nebuchadnezzar had lions painted on the walls. 
And there were lions in their nation at that time. And they even used them in dens to toss people to, as you know. Daniel 7, 4. The first was like a lion, and he had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. So Babylon was represented also by a lion. It says the first, and Babylon was the first. It was the head of gold. Now let's read Jeremiah 50, verse 17. We don't want to go through this too quickly. I want your mind to be able to take it in. Jeremiah 50, verse 17. Israel is a scattered sheep. The lions have driven him away. First, the king of Assyria hath devoured him. And last, this Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, hath broken his bones. The lions. That's interesting. The same symbol is used 40 years before in Jeremiah's prophecy of these kings represented as lions who broke their bones and driven them away. Habakkuk 1, 6 through 8. Or Habakkuk, Habakkuk, however you say it. Habakkuk 1, 6 through 8. For lo, I raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. They are terrible and dreadful. Their judgment and their dignity shall proceed of themselves. Their horses also are swifter than the leopards, are more fierce than evening wolves. Their horsemen shall spread themselves, and their horsemen shall come from afar. They shall fly as the eagle that hasteth to eat. So remember we read that in Daniel that he had wings of an eagle, but they were plucked off of him. That was Babylon, represented by a lion and by the head of gold and had the eagle's wings. And here again, we just read that Babylon had, they had um, wings as eagles. That means they had speed, I believe. Let's see, it denotes rapid conquest. All right, next we're going to go to Jeremiah 17, verse nine. As we find these definitions. Jeremiah 17, verse 9. You can write these verses down and look them up later yourself, more slowly. Um, man's heart denotes wickedness, a nation ready for destruction. Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So then a heart, when a heart is used, it's denoting wickedness. It's a nation ready for destruction. Let's go to Isaiah 13, 17. Behold, I will stir up the meads against them which shall not regard silver, and as for gold, they shall not delight in it. Well, that's interesting. And 18. Their bows also shall dash the young men to pieces, and they shall have no pity on the fruit of the womb. Their eyes shall not spare children. How cruel they were. So gold was ahead of Babylon, and silver 
was, um, all right, so I'm not going to get distracted. Let me just read what I have here because I'm going to confuse myself, actually. <laughs> okay, 17 and 18. More than 100 years before, Isaiah said that the Medes were cruel. Daniel 7, 5. And behold, another beast, a second, like to a bear, and it raised up itself on one side, and it had three ribs in the mouth of it, between the teeth of it. And they said thus unto it, Arise, devour much flesh. When Daniel saw the bear arise, devouring flesh, he recognized it as the nation of which Isaiah had written. They were cruel. Daniel 7, 6. So the Medes, let's go over this again. The head of gold was a lion that had eagle's wings, and the wings were plucked off of it, and it stood as a man. The silver, the chest of, and arms of silver, was the Medes and Persians, which now is being represented by a bear that was higher on one side because it was made up of two nations, and one was more, more powerful. And it had three ribs in its mouth. So that was like three nations that had had... Um, what, I don't know what word to use, had destroyed or whatever, conquered. Okay. When Daniel saw that bear arise, he recognized it as the uh, Medes and Persians. I had to stop and put do not disturb on. I saw somebody getting ready to call me. Okay. Daniel 7, 6. The leopard was a symbol of Greece. After this I beheld in low another, like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. The beast had also four heads, and dominion was given to it. The leopard, a symbol of Greece. Let's turn back. That was Daniel 7, 6. The leopard, a symbol of Greece. Habakkuk 1, 6 through 8. Okay, that took me a second. One, six through eight. I think we read this once, but let's read it again. For lo, I raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess the dwelling places that are not theirs. They are terrible and dreadful. Their judgment and their dignity shall proceed of themselves. Their horses also are swifter than the leopards and are more fierce than the evening wolves. And their horsemen shall spread themselves and their horsemen shall come from far. It shall fly as the eagle that hasteth to eat. So the leopard, a symbol of Greece, was in there, and it was given wings. It was a signal of rapid conquest. Jeremiah uses a leopard to represent evil. Let's look that up, Jeremiah 13, 23. Can the Ethiopian change his skin or the leopard his spots? Then may you also do good that are accustomed to do evil. So, let's see. The spots would seem to indicate a mixture of good and evil. Daniel 7, 7. After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth. 
It devoured and broke in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it, and it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. It was a great and terrible beast. Daniel is confused here, and he asks for the meaning. Let's read that in Daniel chapter 7, verses 15 and 16. I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit in the midst of my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. I came near unto one of them that stood by and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me and made me know the interpretation of the things. These great beasts, which are four, are four kings which shall arise out of the earth. Okay, Daniel 7, 17 and 18, the four kingdoms are followed by God's kingdom. Okay, these great beasts, which are four, are four kings which shall arise out of the earth, but the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. As you recall, the stone that, that hit the statue on the feet, which was the very last nations in existence, which is basically us, was going to be the saints of the Most High taking the kingdom and possessing it because Jesus is going to come. We understand that, don't we? Okay, so the four kingdoms are followed by God's kingdom. Daniel 9, 2 and 3 tells us, Daniel 9, 2 and 3, In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. And I set my face to the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplication with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Daniel was a student of the prophecies. He understood the first three symbols. He also understood that the 70 years was coming to a close. Let's see, Daniel 7, 19 to 23. He wants to ask about that fourth beast. Daniel 7, 19 to 23. Then I would know the truth of the fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others, exceeding dreadful, whose teeth were of iron, his nails of brass, which devoured and break in pieces and stamped the residue with his feet, and of the ten horns that were in his head, and of the other which came up, and before whom three fell, even of that horn that had eyes and a mouth, that spake very great things, whose look was more stout than his fellows. I beheld in the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High and the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. Thus he said, The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon earth which shall be diverse from all kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. This is very clearly uh, Rome because it identifies it as the fourth kingdom, which we know from the statue is Rome. And we know from history uh, what the damage that Rome did. The fourth beast is the fourth kingdom. Let's go to Luke chapter 2, verse 1. Luke chapter 2, verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. Now there's a Roman governor, isn't there? So Rome was 
in power when Jesus was on the earth and Rome was the fourth kingdom. Let's go to Daniel 7, 24. And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and another shall rise after them, and he shall be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue three kings. Ten divisions in that in that nation or country isn't there. Ten divisions over ten horns. It was divided between 356 and 483 AD into ten nations. A different power arises after the division and subdues three kings, we read in Daniel 7.24. The papacy arose in 538. The Heruli, the Ostrogoths, and the Vandals were overthrown to make way for it because they would not go along with the papacy and so they set out to destroy them. And if you look at history, you'll see the Heruli, the Ostrogoths, and the Vandals were overthrown to make way for the papacy. Let's read Daniel 7, 25. And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of times. Character, The character of the power and length of supremacy now let's read, we're, we're coming to the end here, and uh, I just have very little left to read, but I'm going to read Great Controversy, page 439. In chapter 13 is described another beast, like unto a leopard, to which the dragon gave his power and his seat and great authority. Now this is in Revelation, but as you know, Revelation and Daniel go together, and we know, therefore, from what Daniel says, that this beast is Rome. So in chapter 13 of Revelation, we know this is Rome. Like unto a leopard to which the dragon gave his power and his seat and great authority. This symbol, as most Protestants have believed, represents the papacy which succeeded to the power and seat and authority once possessed by the ancient Roman Empire. Of the leopard-like beast, it is declared, there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies. Now you'll notice that one of the things that, that pagan Rome did was whenever they conquered a nation they would take them in and let them keep all of their um, national whatever ways and so when these beasts are described as Rome grows they take on the um, attributes of the ones before it like the leopard which used to be Alexander the Great now is part of the Roman beast okay so of the leopard like beast it is declared there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies and he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints, to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. This prophecy, which is nearly identical with the description of the little horn of Daniel 7, unquestionably points to the papacy. Power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And says the prophet, and that's in Revelation 13, 11, And says the prophet, I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death. And again, he that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. The forty and two months are the same as the two, as the time, times, and dividing of times, three years and a half, or 1260 days of Daniel 7. 
the time during which the papal power was to oppress God's people. This period, as stated in preceding chapters, began with the establishment of the papacy in A.D. 538 and terminated in 1798. At that time, when the papacy was abolished and the Pope was made captive by the French army, the papal power received its deadly wound, and the prediction was fulfilled, He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. Yes, that's exactly what happened to exactly the stated time, 1260 days or years, which is represented several different ways. The time times dividing of times, 1260 days or 42 months. They all represent the same time period. Daniel 11.13, margin. I better look in the margin. Let's see. For the king of the north shall return and shall set forth a multitude greater than the former and shall certainly come after certain years with great army with much riches. It says, at the end of times, even years. Times are years. That's what that in the margin says. Time, times, and dividing of times. So a time would be one year, times would be two years, and a dividing of time would be a half a year. And also the power and length of supremacy was denoted there. No, I'm sorry, I'm reading the wrong thing. No, okay, so let me read Revelation 13, 5. Sorry, try not to confuse everybody. Okay, 13, 5. And there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And 12, 6. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she had the place prepared of God, and they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and six and threescore days, or a thousand two hundred and sixty days. So this power was allowed to continue 42 months, which is a thousand two hundred and sixty days. And the woman, or the church of God, had to flee into the wilderness where God would take care of her there. This was during the years of the Dark Ages and the persecution of God's followers of Christians. Go to Numbers 14.34. After the number of the days in which you searched the land, even forty days, each day for a year, shall you bear your iniquities, even forty years, you shall know my breach of promise. So a day for a year explains how you can understand those uh, time periods. So the period of 1260 years is also 42 months, or a time times and dividing of times. Now to finish off, I'm going to read Great Controversy 54 and 55. We're going to try to take this in little bites, but I think more is coming in the future. In the 6th century, the papacy had become firmly established. Its seat of power was fixed in the imperial city, and the bishop of Rome was declared to be the head over the entire church. Paganism had given place to the papacy. The dragon had given to the beast his power, his seat, and great authority, and now began the 1260 years of papal oppression foretold in the prophecies of Daniel and the Revelation. Christians were forced to choose either to yield their integrity and accept the papal ceremonies and worship, 
or to wear away their lives in dungeons or suffer death by the rack, the faggot, or the axeman's, headsman's axe. Now were fulfilled the words of Jesus, you shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren, kinsfolks and friends, and some of you shall they cause to be put to death, and you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. Persecution opened upon the faithful with greater fury than ever before. The world became a vast battlefield. For hundreds of years, the Church of Christ found refuge in seclusion and obscurity. And we just read that they were went to the wilderness where God had prepared a place for them. And, and his followers were in refuge in seclusion and obscurity, such as the Walden Seas and the Alps. Thus says the prophet, The woman fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of God, that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and threescore days. The accession of the Roman church to power marked the beginning of the Dark Ages. As her power increased, the darkness deepened. Faith was transferred from Christ, the true foundation, to the Pope of Rome. Instead of trusting in the Son of God for forgiveness of sins and for eternal salvation, the people looked to the Pope and to the priests and prelates, prelates to whom he delegated authority, they were taught that the Pope was their earthly mediator and that none could approach God except through him, and further that he stood in the place of God to them was therefore to be implicitly obeyed. A deviation from his requirements was sufficient cause for the severest punishment to be visited upon the bodies and souls of the offender. Thus the minds of the people were turned away from God to fallible, erring, and cruel men, nay more to the Prince of Darkness himself, who exercised his power through them. Sin was disguised in a garb of sanctity. When the scriptures are suppressed and man comes to regard himself as supreme, we need look only for fraud, deception, and debasing iniquity. With the elevation of human laws and traditions was manifest the corruption that ever results from setting aside the law of God. Let me just go over the things that we've learned and summarize here really quickly. All right. Daniel, we're going over... The same nations that were in the dream of the statue, the head of gold, was also a lion. Let's see here. All right. The character of the kingdoms represented by beasts. The wind, the striving winds, and turbulent sea. The winds denote war. Water denotes multitudes and nations. The beasts that were diverse one from another. Babylon was represented by a lion. The same symbol was used 40 years before by Jeremiah. Wings denote rapid conquest. Man's heart denotes wickedness, a nation ready for destruction. More than a hundred years before, Isaiah said the Medes were cruel. When Daniel saw the bear arise devouring flesh, he recognized it as the nation of which Isaiah had written. The leopard was a symbol of Greece, and it was given wings as a signal of rapid conquest. Jeremiah used a leopard to represent evil. The spots would seem to indicate a mixture of good and evil. The fourth was a great and terrible beast. Daniel asked for the meaning. The four kingdoms followed by God's kingdom. Daniel was a student of the prophecies, and he understood the first three symbols. He asks about the fourth, the fourth beast, the fourth kingdom. Rome was the fourth kingdom. There were ten divisions divided between 356 and 483 A.D. A different power arises after the division and subdues three kings. The papacy arose in 538. The Heruli, the Ostrogoths, and the Vandals were overthrown to make way for it. The character of the power and length of the supremacy is found in Daniel 7.25. Okay, that's it, brothers and sisters. 
Um, I will meet you again tomorrow morning. We're going to begin the seven trumpets, which is found in Revelation, which is also prophetic. Let's close with prayer. Dear Jesus, thank you for this time that we could spend with you looking at your prophecies that help us to be prepared to meet you in peace. I pray for those who are with me today that I have not been too confusing, that you are able to help them to grasp the concept that maybe I failed to explain properly. In your name I pray. Amen. All right. Thank you, brothers and sisters. I'll see you in the morning.